Hey, what's going on, everyone? You are tuned into the Absolute Geek Podcast. Tonight we have a great show. We're talking Marvel and DC at San Diego Comic-Con. We're reviewing... Uh, we are reviewing um, Black Widow. We're talking video games. We got so much on deck. Let's go ahead and kick this intro. It is Friday night in Phoenix, and you're listening to the Absolute Geek Podcast. I am Matt. I am Lance. I am Max. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, as you can see, we got Lance and Max with me here tonight, the two newest members of the Absolute Geek Podcast, filling out our new hosting rotation here on the show. So excited for you guys to come over from Couch Crunchers and join us over here. And uh, join the big leagues. You finally, you're finally stepping up in the world, right? <laughs> we, we We're excited. Red to purple. Yeah, red absolutely. Purple, which is great because of the Phoenix Suns, man. I'm happy to wear purple right now. Yeah, it, it looks like I might have to change the decor of my room. <laughs> so go go ahead, Lance. Just just for Mike from Grizzle Geek, who's already in the chat. Let's give it give him a. He wants to hear a breaker breaker. One last breaker breaker. Breaker breaker. It is yeah, Friday go. night in Phoenix. There you go. That's it. That's all you get, Mike. That's it. Done. <laughs> Such but, a dumb gimmick that we did, and it lasted forever. Well, <laughs> it was clearly, one time. The fans are are still screaming for it, Lance. So. Yeah, the fan. The fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now Grizzle Geek says they're subbed. Yeah, he's got. A, he's sitting there fanning himself off just because that one breaker breaker got him so hot and bothered. Right, man. So hot and bothered, he's got to just cool himself down. You you can't you can't underscore my sexiness, my there sexy voice. But um, we got a great show for you guys tonight. Um, but I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna I'm gonna turn the floor over to my new two co-hosts and, and Max and Sam. Or um, yeah, Max and Sam, Max and Lance. <laughs> yes. And kind of let you uh, guys tell our listeners a little bit more about you, about your geek background and uh, what, you, what you're going to bring to the show that they can look forward to. Max, I'll let you go first, buddy. So, man, still, still acting like a host. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm Max. I, I've been a, you know, a nerd for a really long time. I've always enjoyed uh, you know, comic book characters and uh, movies and TV and video games. But I would definitely say my, my uh, claim to fame, the thing I'm really most excited about is video games. That's uh, We didn't talk about it on Couch Crunchers enough. We're going to be talking about some video games tonight. I'm excited about that. Uh, that's that's my main thing. Um, one thing I, I, uh, I wanted to, to say is that um, between Lance and I, I am definitely the hotter of the new hosts. So I wanted to make that known. Um, if you guys want to talk about my... Sexy beard in the chat. Feel free to do so. Uh, yeah. So, um, just ignore everything Max just said. <laughs> I am definitely the most sexy person on this podcast. Um, I mean, that's why Max or uh, Matt brought me in because uh, Kyle and I are doppelgangers. So he needed to <laughs> that sex factor. Um, no, uh, my name is Lance. Uh, you know, Max and I did Couch Crunchers for five years roughly and uh ah, and um you know i'm just excited to be here my my uh main interests 
Kyle says, get closer to your mic, Max. Uh, movies are, are essentially what I'm really into. I watch TV and movies that I like dissecting them. I like getting really into them. But I'm also an avid collector of um, Funko Pops, uh, video, retro video games and things like that. And, and uh, was reading comics since I was, you know, seven years old with my dad. And, and uh, don't do it as much anymore, but I, I mean, my my nerd fandom is uh, runs deep, man. I I just love anything that has to do with uh, just that nerd geek culture, you know. Fantastic, yeah. And so that's something I want to do, and I wanted to do when when I relaunched Absolute Geek after my time on Flipside is. Kyle and I tried to do this before, and it, it seemed like we just got stuck in this pigeonhole of of comic books and talking comic books, mostly comic books. And, and that's something I want to get away from now. And and now that we can kind of rebrand and regroup and, and go, I want to get more back into the name and, and back to what this show was. And if you listen to the beginning of absolute geek first, the first few episodes, it was geek was, is, was very prominent or pr- prominent in the name. So like we talked everything and anything culture and geek, cause there's more to geekdom and fandom than, movies tv shows video games it's pretty much whatever you're into geek out about so Absolutely. whatever it is we want to geek out about that week or we you guys want to geek out about that's that's what we're going to talk about in the show and so it's it's we're going to pivot a little bit more away from being such com- so comic book heavy that somehow we found it just fell into that rut throughout the years and go back to that overall geek capacity that we we can talk about so that's how where you're going to get movies you're going to get tv shows again you're going to get video games you're going to get music you're gonna get all kinds of stuff probably that you you're not used to getting on this podcast moving forward and i'm super stoked for it so the, yeah, the music no. thing is new i didn't know we were gonna get into music now I'm you a, can talk music if you want to geek out about music you can geek out about music man i mean hell yeah man that's that's i'm actually uh practicing all day with my band tomorrow all day nine in the morning to nine at night we're just gonna be jamming i'm nice. excited yeah. lance and the nipple slips <laughs> yeah dude i play shirtless yeah. <laughs> i got the nip rings i have to tell you so i'm kind of disappointed because it didn't come but my original plan for tonight was to show up in a bald cap so that way i could <laughs> fit in with you guys so just, you know so everyone in this podcast was gonna be bald but it, it, it was supposed to be here today it still hasn't come yet so oh, man. plans ruined but funny story max has been okay. max has been bald <laughs> since he was three years old Okay, I have been balding since the eighth grade, and that's no joke. Like, <laughs> I was getting made fun of about it in the eighth grade that I was that I had a receding hairline. My freshman year of high school, I was what, fourteen years old. I had the seniors coming up to me and saying, "Dude, you need to buy a spear. Can you please buy a spear?" Because they thought they thought I looked so old. And I'm like, "What the heck?" And I look back at those pictures. I don't feel like I looked that old, but I just have always been an old looking dude. Tell my little brother. He was uh, his hair was all thin and wispy at like fourteen, and then he just it was gone. And just every year, it seemed to be running away from his face until he finally just shaved his head. Yeah, I'm getting close to that point. It's getting to where it's the the back of my head is starting to go bald, and that's kind of the last straw. Once once the back of the once I've got a little center patch of baldness, it's it's time to. Time so to essentially, the aliens are making crop circles on Max's head. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Kyle, am I deep throating the mic well enough now? Let, I think you're know. coming through your headset, dude. F word, am I? Because <laughs> every time you adjust your headphones, I hear crackle, crackle, crackle. So. Yeah. 
F word. Yes. All right. Is that better? Oh, so much gosh. better. Gosh dang it. It always does that to me. I need to make sure make a habit of always <laughs> switching it back to my Yeti. Um, so uh yeah, man. Balding, that's for winners, bro. It's, um no get on the trend bro no i'm good (laughs) see here's the annoying i like being able to do this the lighting yeah i wish i wish i could man the lighting in my room shines off of my forehead right here because i'm so freaking bald and shiny little geek says whoa what (laughs) what language on this you want to hear we need need to do we need to adult this a little bit more fuckity fuck 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 does that well let's not get carried away right Dude, did you guys see that Corbin reviewed the Black Widow movie with his mom? I did. It was pretty awesome. I didn't see that. I saw him say some stuff yeah. on Facebook. I didn't see his mom. Is there a video I missed? It's yeah, on YouTube. It's on his YouTube. Oh, man. I'm going to have to check that out. That's cool. Awesome. Yeah, go check out Comic Book Barbarian's uh, Black Widow review with his mother. Good stuff. Yeah. But, um, so yeah. So, I mean, look. It's dope that theaters are back, and I got. I want to talk about my theater experience. Now, did, I, we're going to talk about Black Widow a little bit. Did either of you go to the theater, or did you both watch it on Disney Plus? Both. You did both. <laughs> yeah, I did guy. both. Uh, well, my original intent was to get it only on Disney Plus. Uh, my brother and I share an account. We were going to split it, and I'm like, that sounds good. I'll just watch Dude, it at don't midnight. Don't tell Disney that they're going to shut you down. Oh, <laughs> uh, my brother and I both pay set for separate accounts. <laughs> anyway. So my original intent was to just do Disney Plus. And then last night, watched the Suns game with some friends. I was in a good mood. And I'm like, you know what? There's a 10 o'clock showing. I got some leftover money for my birthday. I'm going to go freaking watch this movie. So I decided to last minute run down to the near nearby Harkins and watch it in the theater. So theater was, I'm glad I watched it in theaters, man. I, I mean, when was the last Marvel movie in theaters? It was Spider-Man, right? Far From Home was yeah. the last Marvel movie. That's two years ago. Yeah. July 2019. So... It was it, it was kind of I didn't even hit me until I was sitting in the seats and the Marvel theme starts to play at the beginning. I'm like, holy crap! It's been two years since I've been in theaters for a Marvel movie. So I'm glad I went to the theater. Which is funny that we're going through through withdrawals as far as Marvel and the theaters because this year, 2021, we've gotten more Marvel content than we've gotten ever. Yeah, we've gotten right. a lot for sure. Because a TV show like come. every week and movie, we got what three movies coming out this year. We got uh, Loki's finishing up next week, and then we got is Hawkeye coming out this year? Which there's a TV Hawkeye's show coming supposed out this to come year. this year. It's supposed yeah, to end of the year. year. Yeah. Well, oh. my thing is, is you we dying back for the theater experience, and I got the theater experience in all of its glory last night. That made me realize, I think I'm just gonna start watching movies from home. Oh, really? <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm sitting there and, you know, I'm sitting there with my fiance and my sister who went with me to see it. And we're sitting there and the credits are rolling, waiting for the after the credit scene. And all of a sudden, this whole family gets up and walks in front of us. I'm like, all right. And like, you know, nobody has masks on anymore, right? Like if you're vaccinated here in Arizona, you don't need to wear a mask. And Harkins is now full capacity again. So the theater is sold out. So sitting there waiting and this this dude shuffle by, shuffles past me, gets to the edge and and I'm like, that dude just crop dusted us. He completely forgot. Oh, he completely forgot that there's no more mass, that no one would smell it. Dude just crop dusted us. And I, <laughs> I turn to my fiance, Aaron, and I go, did that? Did you hear that? That dude just farted. And she looks at me and she goes, 
it was so loud. There wasn't a person in this theater that didn't hear that. <laughs> so like, my sister and I were just dying laughing. And I was like, man, this is exactly. Now I remember why, like, I, you know, movie theaters can. I'm OK to watch a movie at home. I don't need to be getting gassed out by somebody else's butt wrench, dude. Like, it's interesting because like I'm I'm on I'm on the same page as you, but I'm not like like I love going to the theater, but at the same time I've gotten so used to these movies releasing at home, and now some of them aren't going to be releasing at home that I'm like, oh frick, I don't want to go to the theater for Snake Eyes. I want to see it, but can I just rent it on Vudu? Yeah, like, it's very it's very like there's certain movies that I want to see. Well, like there's movies that you know are gonna be like the topic of everything. So like Space Jam, but I'm like I don't want to go pay thirteen dollars a person. Oh, I'm watching Space that on HBO Jam. Max. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And yeah. and Suicide Squad, you know, how many times burn me DC? Are we gonna be like, let me go pay for this, and I'll just watch that on HBO Max too? Like, mm-hmm. there's there's just some movies I'm glad that are coming to HBO Max that are, you know, the way they are instead well, of going to theaters. Yeah, well, and some of the thing I've really liked about it too is so for for Justice League, you know, obviously that one didn't come to theaters at all, the Snyder cut, and like it or hate the cut, it was really fun and exciting for me. I was looking forward to it, and I invited like five or six friends over. We I made some barbecue. We made a big event out of it, and we all got to watch this movie together. And if anyone farted, we at least knew it was our friend who was farting, rather right. than some random stranger. But like it was so you fun. Could recognize the beef. yeah man but like that was fun and that that kind of experience is going to probably be fading away as they move solely to theater releases and so that's a bit of a bummer because i i did enjoy that like that was a lot of fun having some guys over so i've got a i've got a so max bender says godzilla versus kong would have been great in the theater godzilla versus kong would have been great if it was never made I agree. I just, I just gotta throw that out there. Awful. I don't. I'm not a fan of that movie either. <laughs> that movie was just awful. I'm glad I didn't go see that in the theater. If you uh, liked it, Max, good for you. Love the name, by the way. But I was not into it. He's on a Max Bender. Right now. <laughs> um, no, but there's certain like a Quiet Place Two was only in theaters, and there wasn't. I wasn't about to miss that. You know, um, Fast Nine. I could have watched that at home and I would have been okay. <laughs> so I don't know. Fast nine is that one's all about the explosions and the noise. And while I didn't love the movie, I think that it would have been even worse at home. That movie was oh. all about family. <laughs> That's true. You've seen the Marvel memes memes with uh, Vin Diesel. All the memes with Vin Diesel have been fantastic. Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. My reply to that is uh, if you've ever seen The Office when Jim and Dwight get into a snowball fight, and by the end of it, Jim is just looking just like defeated, and he says, I just want it to stop. And that's how I feel about all these Vin Diesel memes, okay? <laughs> I just want it to stop. They were funny for a while, but I'm like, gosh. Especially when I see the same format all the time of nothing stronger than family. I'm like, I get it. I get it. <laughs> there are a few original ones that are pretty good though. I like the I like the fat Vin Diesel one. Have you seen that one? Where no, it, it says drive through uh drive drive through fast food worker. I hope all this food isn't for you. And then it shows fat Vin Diesel and he says, It's for my fa- it's for my family. <laughs> okay, that one was good. That one was good. I did see that one. But <laughs> Did not see that one. I saw the one of uh, um, 
uh, Spider-Man on the on the the roof saying everywhere I turn I see his face and instead of Iron Man's face on the on the brick wall <laughs> the <diesel. laughs> yeah, I didn't see that one see those are more unique takes on it that's funny too that sounds good there's all kinds they're everywhere you can't look through social media without seeing them oh no yeah. but yeah I mean that's you're the joy of being back in the theater right because I sat there and I was like you know the kids crying and I I was like Mm, here we go and my my fiance is like aaron's like why don't you just leave your kids at home why did you bring your kid to the theater and i'm like welcome back to the theater experience everyone wants to get out of the house that's this is what it is see and, then, and i and i understand a little bit more bringing your kids when it's a movie like this what really drives me nuts is when i went you know deadpool 2 and there's a kid sitting there mortal Kombat. there was like a six-year-old in there i'm like okay if you're gonna bring your kids to the movies that's fine but there's certain movies that you're not expecting kids to be at, and then they're there. That pisses me off. Yeah, well, it's like six-year-olds sitting in front of us. Yeah, two six-year-olds in like, Mortal Kombat. You really want to bring your six-year-old to watch someone's spine get ripped out of their back? Like, it's a little bit much. But there's literally a, a chick that gets sawed in half with a hat, and you see all her like. And it's badass. And but yeah, is it for a six-year-old? Awesome. <laughs> it's not for a six-year-old. Like when I went to see Fast Nine, someone sat two seats down from me that had like a nine month old, and the, they had the kid in the the movie with them. Like, what you know? I understand if you can't get a babysitter or whatever, but most Harkins have a daycare center there that you can go see the movie during the day and have somebody watch your child. So the the whole are those open? Have I don't know if those are open yet. Um, they were. I would think they are. I'm not sure if they are. But see, when our when our kids were really little, we would take them to the theater, so we could see a movie. But we would go like Saturday morning, Friday morning, or something like that when we knew that there wasn't going to be a lot of people there, and our kids slept the whole time. So we we'd park the stroller in there and have the kid and have our kid in the in the car seat in the stroller. They would sleep through the whole movie. Yeah, As I remember when you took them to a uh, saw. <laughs> no. here you go little <laughs> johnny sleeping. here's a benadryl you have yourself a nice <laughs> sleep while i watch this movie but now now that it, like black widow was a, that's why i watched it on disney plus because my kids wanted to see it and i'm like well let's just watch it at home i'll go see it in the movie theater by myself because imax added an extra 22 minutes to yeah, i'm it. curious what those min those 22 minutes are because if it makes the movie yeah. better that'd be cool i'm planning on going to see it in imax but um by myself or with Max or whoever wants to come with me, but without my kids. And I realized really quickly why I don't like to take my kids to the movies because they talk they they talk throughout the whole movie. I kept having to rewind stuff because I was missing it. I tried to explain to them, hey, dad's talking about this movie tonight, so shut the fuck up. And they wouldn't. <laughs> Imagine that. You, kids not listening. <laughs> so then you turn it off and you turn to them and go, what part is shut the fuck up? Don't you understand? <laughs> it's true finally i i by the end of the movie i only had one of my kids sitting in there the rest of them had left <laughs> then you pull the happy gilmore go to sleep before i put you to sleep <laughs> <laughs> you will go to sleep or i will put you to sleep <laughs> but, all right well let's let's get into um a little bit of a little bit of geek news here tonight and then we'll get into our review of uh black widow here geek news yeah and the first thing on the docket tonight is uh, the Last of Us HBO series is going to get a 10-episode first season. 
I, you guys are both big fans of this game. Are you, are you, we've heard the casting of who's going to play the characters. Are you guys looking forward to this? Excited for I, last of us. Go ahead, Max. I am. Um, some of the casting choices they made are, I'm skeptical about. Um, I really like Pedro Pascal and I, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen him play a character like Joel before. So is he going to do a good job? Is he going to portray Joel in a completely different way? Cause that's what I'm, that's what I'm worried about. Joel is, you know, this, this like Southern Wait, guy, you know, he's, you he's haven't got, seen him play a character like Joel. I mean, the Mandalorian is that what you're the Mandalorian. <laughs> I, I guess story is almost identical. <laughs> I, you know what? I guess you might be right about that. <laughs> Um, oh, Altered Reality Games is asking where the drunk guy is. Kyle's in the middle. He just looks a little different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he got stung by a bee, so he's a little swollen. This <laughs> <way>. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess you're right. The Mandalorian is similar, but like Joel's not like as strong silent type, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm totally wrong then. I'm looking forward to it. I think that... <laughs> I think that Pedro Pascal is a good actor, so he's going to be able to pull it off. I don't know the name of the actress off the top of my head who's playing Ellie, but she was great in Game of Thrones. I've been watching his Dark Materials, and she's in that. She does a good job there. So I think I think she's going to be good as Ellie. I'm down. I'm down for it. Um, and I like the fact that it's a ten episode series on Couch Crunchers. Lance and I talked about this a lot about length of shows, and I'm always a fan for shorter. Like if you want to give me ten quality episodes over twenty three you know, episodes with a bunch of filler, I will always take 10 episodes. I would much rather see that. So I'm stoked about it. I think, I think it's going to be cool. Yeah. I, I much prefer shows without the CW fillers as I call them. You know, we don't need 23 episode seasons anymore. Netflix, HBO, uh, Hulu. They've all proved that to us that shorter seasons offer more uh, substance, I guess you could say. But um, I'm excited for the show. I'm. There were certain castings that I had in mind for for the for the everybody in this show, and none of those came to fruition. So I'm a little disappointed, and I'm a little weary. Uh, Pedro Pascal's fine. I hated him. I hated him in Wonder Woman. Um, love him in Mandalorian, but he doesn't speak through the majority of that show. So how much do I love him really? Um, but no, he speaks a lot. He just doesn't act because he's got the, you, the yeah, helmet you, on. Yeah, you don't even know if it's him in the under the helmet most of the time. So, um, yeah, you're right. He speaks. You just don't see him. So, um, I don't know. I'm I'm bummed that it wasn't the girl from um, Ellie. Wasn't the girl from Last Man Standing? And what's that? Oh, show she would have been really good. Yeah. What What's that show on Netflix about? Um, the she, I know exactly I, what you're talking about, but I don't know the name of it. Wasn't she like she, it's like she was she's raped? raped. And she yeah. says, I'm just kidding. I was never raped, but it turns out she really was raped. What? No, what? it's so she was she was assaulted in her sleep and raped in her sleep, and she was telling about that, and they basically were like dismissing her, saying that it never happened. Yeah. And yeah, I haven't seen that, that show, but you guys have told me. It's I can't really remember it. the name of it. Um, I'm I'm trying to think. I'm drawing a blank of it right now. What's funny but, is the um, girl they got looks a little bit like her too. 
but her the actress's name is uh, Caitlin Den- Denver or Dever D E V E R. Dever. So, Dever. Uh, the name of the the show is unbelievable. That's yes, it's a great show, and she, and it's great because of her. I would say. Um, I look. I think. I think what the what Last of Us is going to do is it's going to show us what Walking Dead. Because you think of it, there was a, a time where Walking Dead was pitched to HBO before it landed at AMC. So it's going to kind of show us what Walking Dead could have done in, in a more violent aspect if it landed R-rated. on HBO, R-rated, if it landed on HBO versus cable television. So, you know, it, it's... I, you think, I think it could be more do... violent than Walking Dead? Absolutely. Dang, man. Walking oh, Dead yeah. is violent. I, I don't. But see, uh, I think violent. I think if it was on HBO, it would have been way worse. Like, it you would have been way more gruesome. The zombie kills would have been more gruesome. I think there would have been more layers to Walking Dead than what they've done on AMC. I mean, they've pushed the level or the the limits on AMC that they can go. But I think that last of it, that's what you're going to get on HBO. And I think with it being the ten hours, and you're going to HBO always does good stuff, and I think that it's going to be dedicated to where you're going to get that that good storytelling and it's going to be very, very well done. I think so. Yeah. I'm, I'm I, excited for it. I, I'm looking, I know, you, I know you guys like to tease me about the fact that I don't swear very often, but I don't find it very realistic when you're in a, a zombie environment and I'm not hearing a single F word when the yes. walking dead, they're not allowed to say it. So I'm, 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 I'm excited that in the last of us, we're going to have a little bit more realism in that regard. We're going to see what people really would be saying and shouting and, and doing in these scenarios. I mean, if I'm you play the game, in any movie when I don't hear an F word, when, <laughs> it's when, true, even when in star Wars, man, when, there's scenarios where I'm like, come on. When bell just... <laughs> gets dragged to that cat, that castle and sees the beast. You, I would have been like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> she doesn't say anything like that. But I think, I think this, this show, the popularity of it could do a lot to, it could, we could see a resurgence in that zombie genre, that, that genre that hasn't gone away yet, but it's kind of slowly it's fading burning away, out, yeah. it's fading away. Yeah. You could see that, that rebuttal, that reignition of that. You could see the, this franchise carry on where you could get a third game based on the popularity of this show. This, the popularity of this show could do a lot to, to drive this franchise and in, into the stratosphere. Like you could be looking at the next walking dead type phenomenon in this, if it's done correctly. Yeah, and if they don't, if they don't, like, if the ten episodes is not like the whole course of the first game, you know, say they do Act One of the first game, are those ten episodes or the first two acts or whatever, you could potentially have five or six seasons out of this of, of just those two games, you know, because how much gameplay is in is in both of those games? About fifteen, twenty hours or so. The second game was about a thirty-hour game, but the first one was probably ten to fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, you could get a lot of content out of this, but we're starting to see a little bit like kind of this reimagination of what we all believe the the uh, zombie fran- or um, the genre to be with our uh, Army of the Dead that came out just a couple months ago and kind of re redoing it a little bit and kind of invigorating some new life into a kind of a tired franchise or a tired genre, if you really think about it. I mean, nothing really new has been done since The Walking Dead. Um you know who misses Kyle? I'm right here. 
It's uncanny. It's like I'm not even podcasting without Kyle. It's it's weird. No, the the only difference the only difference between me and Kyle is that when I'm talking about something that I've actually seen the thing that we're talking about. <laughs> Dude, that was something we didn't talk about on our final episode of Couch Crunchers. That was one of the most hilarious moments. We invite Kyle onto the show to review Spider-Man Homecoming or Far From Home, and he's like, "Oh no, I haven't seen it." Like, <laughs> okay. Well, this is going to redirect the conversation. A little bit. <laughs> you know what? Though? Um, it was still a great conversation. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it's. I'm really excited for this, and I'm hoping that th- that this show is successful because what I really want to see is um is that the, the gratuitous sex movie. scenes you got in the second game, huh? <laughs> no, the uh, I wanted I want this to get some excitement for the Uncharted movie, and hopefully that also be a uh, long-standing uh, franchise, Uncharted, since they're both made by the same developer. Stumbling Jedi says, "I missed the slurring, Kyle." <laughs> <laughs> you got big shoes to fill, Lance. <laughs> <laughs> right. I need to break uh, out the jack, I guess. We got word from all the video gamers, and this is a little bit of Max's alley here. All the video gamers in the world out there waiting for a Nintendo Switch Pro. We're sadly disappointed when a new Switch was announced, but it's just going to be an OLED Switch. Now, I know... It didn't really change much. Yeah, Max, you said you're not really a Nintendo guy, and that's more up Lance's alley, but does this make you want to get a Switch now and kind of dabble in that area, or no? For a long time, I thought I wanted a Switch, and and at this point, I think I'll just wait until whatever their next-gen thing is, and maybe I'll pick that up. But... I don't know, man. I, I wish that I was more into Nintendo at times, but I loved it as a kid and there's nothing wrong with liking it as an adult. Like I enjoy Mario Kart still and Super Smash. I'm about to say something really controversial. I didn't like Breath of the Wild. Uh, I got off the Great Plateau and I was like, this is boring and I just kind of stopped playing it. Um, I, I do want to go back. I think maybe I just, it was right when my son was born. So I was a little distracted and sleep deprived when I tried yeah. to play it. But I don't know. This this Switch OLED is cool, I guess, but only if you don't already have a Switch. Like, if you don't have a Switch, this is probably your go-to option. But if you have one, I don't see any reason why you would upgrade to this. Yeah, it's a little nicer screen, a little bigger screen, but it's not like the processing power of this is any better. So it's not like it's going to necessarily look any better. I mean, it might look a little sharper because it's an OLED screen, but really it's just that and then a kickstand. And on, and there's an Ethernet port. So, like, yes, there's some advantages. But I don't know. If you really want to play online games, Switch isn't necessarily the place to be, in my opinion. So is the Ethernet port that big of a sell? I mean, it's cool. But if you really want to play online, you're going to be on one of the other consoles or PC. At least that's kind of how I see it. I don't know. What do you What do you think, Lance? I know you actually have a Switch. Um. Yeah, I have two. Um, and I love the system. But when when you guys originally said like, "Hey, did you see there's a new Nintendo Switch?" I, I started researching it. Really, the only the only difference in this is a larger screen, so it's a seven inch as opposed to a six point one or something like that. So it's a little bit bigger, um, larger storage capacity, uh, the wider kickstand. Which the kickstand on the old one is a nightmare; it's constantly popping up off and getting lost and stuff. But there's a couple things here that. I'm like, okay, a larger screen. So does that mean the controllers are going to be a bigger? No, they're the same controllers. Okay, an OLED screen, does that mean it's going to be 1080p? It's going to be a higher resolution? No, it's still 720. 
um you know there's nothing here that's like screams like oh i gotta have this you know the only reason i would buy this is if i wanted another one you know like my boys take the two that we have and then then i got this for myself but so let me ask you this lance yeah it's only it's 50 bucks more than the other switch in your opinion are those upgrades every inch counts they're worth 50 bucks you think those upgrades are worth 50 bucks okay the larger screen yeah i mean the the screen on the on the um the original one is is small i mean I'd much rather play a game on my phone with those controllers on the side than sure, you know. But the kickstand is the biggest thing because you know, with with a seven and eight year old, that kickstand is constantly getting snapped off and lost. And then I got I got to buy a new one from Amazon and put the put it back on there because they use no, it more than anything. I'll give you that because, like for instance, when I was looking at getting a new phone, I could get I, I wanted to get one of the new Galaxy phones, and there was a difference of a hundred dollars between two of them, and the main difference was screen size. I, th- I think there's yeah. a little bit more storage as well. So same idea, but you're only paying 50 bucks for what I paid a hundred bucks for on my phone. So yeah, I can see, I can see the value add there, but they should have made it 1080p. I mean, I think that was a major mistake. And Max, you made a comment about you're just going to wait till the next gen Nintendo to get mm-hmm. it. I wouldn't do that because Nintendo has a history of every middle generation. They have a bust and then they have a success so well I'll, I'll wait and see what it is but fair enough well, yeah, you're right because we was their good trend Wii U, is, Lesso, switch yeah. has been phenomenal they had n64 then they had gamecube and gamecube was fun but it, gamecube wasn't a commercial success so they didn't um and then they had Wii, which was awesome then they had wii u which was a dud and then they came out with this which was awesome so the next one more than likely is going to be a dud I can wait till 2035. I'm not in a rush. <laughs> but these are fun. I mean, these are fun family games. I think the biggest miss that Nintendo has is right now the only, I mean, the, the whole thing with this is portability, right? So I have my iPad and I have this and my phone, right? So I'm not going to carry around three. Like when I, I was just on the airplane last week, I'm not going to carry around three things with me, you know, for a three hour flight. So what am I going to take with me? I'm going to take my iPad and my phone because my iPad does more. In my phone, of course, everybody takes their phone. Nintendo needs to get with Netflix, HBO Max, all those, and add those things to this Nintendo Switch console. Right now, they only have Hulu and maybe YouTube. I don't even know if they have YouTube. But there, there's not that portability functionality is not, it's not maximized there like it is on an iPad. You know, you can play games on an iPad. You can do everything you want on an iPad. You can't on this. There's there's limitations to this device, and I don't know. See, for me, I'm the opposite. Like, I've had a Switch. I got rid of it. I want another one, but I'm kind of waiting for this now because I want to, to me, handheld gaming, I want clarity. You know, your phones, you got good clarity. I want good clarity. I'm, I'm stoked about the OLED screen. I'm disappointed we're not getting a 4K 4K gaming because this is an on-the-go system that transforms into a console that you play on your big screen, and it's that's where it's falling off against your PS5s and your your Xbox Series Xs is that you don't have that higher resolution gaming. You don't have the 4K gaming. Their online is a little wonky, yes, but Nintendo's online has always been a little wonky. They're not, you know, they're nowhere near xbox and playstation in that in that regard 
like because it's still basically family friendly. So you have to have the, the friend codes and that way you know who you're playing with and you're not playing with random people and, and all that stuff, or you're not chatting with random people and you don't get yeah. the, the racial slurs that you do if you're in a Call of Duty lobby or you don't have a 12 year old know, telling you that they're going to screw your mother. Yeah. You don't have a 12 year old talking about what they're doing to your mom right now. And, and you know, really all no that chat in the, in the online games is there like, you can't really talk with like, I've played Mario Kart online and you, you can't talk to them. I don't think, right? No, you have to use like a special app to, to do voice chat, or at least you did when I had to you have a switch. So, I mean, for me, the switch is just that pure on the go functionality. It reminds me very much of like the game boy or um, like the, the Sega game gear, things like that, that I could play on the go. And see, I would be, I would be opposite. Like instead of something that big and bulky, like an iPad, I'm going to, I'm going to play a switch. I'm going to take my phone and my switch because I really don't play phones. Uh, I don't really play games on my phone. So mm-hmm. I go to, I would go to like the switch or, or something like that. And yeah. I agree with Lance's point too, that yeah, they have Hulu, but if they added like the Netflix where you could have all that right there on that device for your, you know, it'd make it more of an entertainment console for, for your everyday like situation, whether you want to watch Netflix on the go or, to utilize that screen, I think it would be a bigger selling point than just being like, oh, we're going to have an up screen, but no new graphics, and, and, you know, no redesign, nothing like that, nothing substantial to, to warrant it. So when you put it in the dock, it's still broadcasting at 720p? Yep. Mm-hmm. So here's oh, the thing. So it is a mess. And so because basically it's the same processor, the same GPU, none of the like hardware specs are really any different other than the screen is my understanding which mm-hmm. is a big bummer because this is kind of like their mid-generation refresh kind of like playstation during the ps4 era had the ps4 pro xbox had the xbox one x but both of those refreshes had a stronger gpu and they were able to not do like true 4k gaming but it was 4k and it was it was gorgeous and so i can totally see where like someone like matt is bummed that this is this is this isn't going to be 4K. It's really just a bigger screen. It's going to look nicer because it's an OLED. But I'm going to I'm going to agree with Matt on something else because you mentioned that you would take your phone and a switch. For me, if I was traveling for work all the time, now if I could afford it, I'd get a gaming laptop because I, I really enjoy PC gaming. Yeah. But if I was trying to be more budget friendly, yeah, I'd get a switch, man. And I, I don't need a tablet. I've never had a tablet. I don't. I I t- I think they're cool, but like I've never owned one. So for me, I'd much rather have a cool gaming machine and then my phone. If I need to watch movies on my phone, that's fine with me while I'm on, on a trip. And then I could, you know, play some games while I'm on the airplane or while I'm at a hotel for work or whatever. So I think the Switch is a great thing in theory, but I only travel for work, you know, well, with COVID, I don't at all right now. But before COVID, two to three times, maybe four times a year I would travel. So I've never, I've never invested in it. I'm, it's not like I'm gone all the time. See, and I think with Game Pass, is it Game Pass Max Xbox has? And that yeah. is another that is another one too. Yeah, they've got the cloud gaming. Is that what you're gonna mention? Well, with an iPad, I mean, now that they've unlocked it for iOS, mm-hmm. I have no reason to take my switch. I can play well, you can't play on the games. airplane. Why? Because you well, um, unless you're paying for Wi-Fi on the plane. Oh, I always do. Oh, really? I've mm-hmm. never paid for Wi-Fi. Look at this guy. Phone. Look at this. Look at big shoots over here. I always pay for Wi-Fi. <laughs> it's eight. It's eight bucks, and I can't live without. <laughs> I always pay for Wi-Fi <laughs> until you're Fair going enough. like 
me when I, you go to Hawaii and you pay for the Wi-Fi and halfway through the flight, the Wi-Fi craps out and you got no Wi-Fi. So you just paid eight bucks for like the first two hours of your six hour flight. Well, and you're probably getting like 10 megabytes a yeah. second, like 10 megs a second. You're getting like a hundred ping and like, no, man, I don't know. I've, I've never done it. So maybe it's a better experience than that. But fair enough. If you get good Wi-Fi in the plane, you could still play xCloud or cloud gaming. And I, and that for me, that's really nice. I've used it. So back when, uh, back before it was officially rolled out and they had just the um, beta in late 2019, I went on a business trip and it was great. I played almost the entire Halo campaign when I was on a business trip on my off hours on my phone. And it, it ran pretty well on like my, even on my Wi-Fi at the hotel, on my mobile network. So absolutely like that's, that's an extremely great added feature for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. That's, and that's something I have. I love my Game Pass Ultimate. I've been going through and looking at like certain subscriptions that I can cut out so I can just, you know, save more money and not pay for crap I don't use. Game Pass isn't going anywhere. I'm keeping that. It's too good of a service. Well, especially yeah. when you watch E3 and they're talking about all these new games coming out and it's like a Game Pass day one. Game Pass, like 32 yeah. games and 27 of the 32 new games are Game Pass day one. You, yeah. You save yourself 70 bucks. You don't even have to buy the game. Well, I'm looking at games that are coming out later this year and for horizon forbidden West, definitely from PlayStation. I want to play that. So I'm going to have to pay 70 bucks for that. But off the top of my head, I can't think of anything else coming out this year that I really want to play. That's just, it's, that's not on game pass. Pretty much everything else. Halo infinite for Forza, uh, Forza horizon five, like they're coming to game pass. So I'm just like, it's so worth it. It is so worth it. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I mean, like you said, I would rather do this and pay for internet on a flight and you get just enough internet so you can scroll through social media to see that Jay's gearing up for Friday night or, you know, what, whatever, or watch your little Netflix show. That's, that's pretty much all you're doing on internet and the flight anyway. So, yeah. But we got our first big trailer out of Marvel news for Marvel's what ifs. Are you guys excited for, for what ifs? Yeah, man, I'm down for it. It seems fun. Yeah, I like the animation uh, style. I think it looks cool. It's a fun concept. It it doesn't it doesn't um, affect the MCU in every any way, right? Like nothing no. that happens mm-hmm. in the show is going to affect. I think like the concepts are really cool. The only thing that I'm really excited for is the zombie one, the Marvel, Marvel zombies. zombies. Yeah, because that one I was like, oh, like I've never seen Marvel zombies on on the screen before like this you can get me down for this like everything else i'm like oh that's cute you know (laughs) like none of it's affecting the overarching i think what's really cool is that is that this is our last um iteration is uh with uh chadwick Mm -hmm. in in any you know this is the last thing that that we're gonna see him um with his presence in so that's that's nice I mean, we don't know what's going to happen to Black Panther 2, but I'm assuming that this is the last thing. So it's No, they've like, already I confirmed that. They're not, they're not going to like digitally render him or or anything yeah. like that. But yeah, I'm like I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what if Spider-Man was the Sorcerer Supreme? What if Gamora was was Thanos? What if, you know, the agent you know, Captain Carter? What if Black, well, you know, what if T'Challa was Star-Lord instead of Black Panther and You've seen it with Yandu, and you got a lot of cool, cool stuff. Sc- screenshots there, like Scarlet Witch, and then 
there's Chadwick as as Star Lord, and then you have the Captain Carter, and then Chadwick and and Yandu. Um, Which why is she called Captain Carter and not Captain Britain? That's a good question. I guess you'll have to find out in the what if. Yeah, I thought that was interesting because every they haven't before the trailer we've seen some stills of her, and uh, we all just assumed she was Cap- Captain Britain, right? But the trailer revealed that she's Captain Carter, and that was interesting yeah. to me. Um, I mean, I'm excited for a, a, a lot of this show. Like you said, Marvel Zombies being a, a big one. Um, but I thought it was interesting that most of the, the MCU cast is coming back to to revoice their characters. And like you said, this is Chadwick's last time as, as T'Challa that you're going to see, you know, because he recorded this before he passed. But like they did do some recasts, like Tony Stark's voice actor is different. Um, I thought so when I was Steve Rogers trailer, is like, that different. Sound like Robert Downey Jr. No, it sounds like your uh, bo- your best friend Frank Caliendo doing a uh, Robert Downey Jr. impression. Is what it sounds like. Oh man! So I, speaking of him, and I'll I'll be brief. Oh no! Oh no! The Suns pregame yesterday, they decided to go and interview him because he's from Milwaukee, and it lives in Phoenix. And I was so pissed, dude. <laughs> it's like, why are you poisoning my television with this freaking schlub? <laughs> but, but go ahead. Sorry. I, <laughs> no, you're good. Man, I kind of like. I <laughs> yeah, I like this shot here that you have of like it looks like Peter trying to wrap up Wanda and her breaking free. So I'm super stoked for what if. I think the what if is going to be that animation awesome. looks really cool. Yeah, yes. I love it. Yeah, it looks it looks like they spent some time. It kind of has like an anime. You remember uh, Scanner Darkly? Keanu Reeves? No. no I don't you don't remember that, that movie, a Scanner Darkly? Had, it was like the first big, um, big project that had this kind of animation style where it was like real people and it was it kind of looked like they were inked or whatever. Oh, and the Howard the Duck scene I was real excited for too. <laughs> Yeah, Max knows how I feel about Howard the Duck. I think um, that guy needs some respect. Yeah, you love Howard the Duck. After oh, duck tits. After duck tits. <laughs> <laughs> but. Did you see that she, um, uh, what's her name from um, Back to the Future and, and Howard the Duck? What's her name? The actress. I, I, but she wants to direct a Howard the Duck TV show for Disney+. Plus. She's asking Marvel if she can do it. No duck tits allowed. You can't yeah, have duck tits not. at Marvel. It might. I think it would fit Hulu more. But Leah what, Thompson. Yeah, Leah Thompson. She's saying she wants to direct a Howard the Duck reboot. Wasn't there or, a Howard the Duck thing in the works at Hulu? And then they canceled it. There was. Yes. Yeah, yeah. the Deadpool thing too. I knew the Kevin. Deadpool. I think Kevin Smith was writing it. Kevin Smith was was writing the Howard the Duck Hulu show, and it got kiboshed. But yet somehow Modoc made it through. Go figure there, but whatever. Modoc is ridiculous, dude. I was watching that show. I was like, the fuck is this? terrible. <laughs> yeah, I didn't start it. It looked bad. I wasn't really it's interested. Not, it's not in a time when there was nothing else being released, it was it fit. See, that was like that one of cool. the coolest images ever. Yeah, that image looks really cool. Now, what would be really awesome is if they had Deadpool going through and killing all these guys. Yeah, well, like, what if a Deadpool killed the Marvel Universe type thing? Yeah. 
So yeah, but they're not going to do that because I know they're trying to keep everything PG thirteen or under. That does not look. That would give my kids nightmares. Yeah. Yeah. PG thirteen can be scary. Yeah. I just know Disney Plus. They're not. They're currently they're not planning on going going too deep in the into the blood, but yeah. maybe they'll prove me wrong. Maybe they'll stretch it as far as they can. Yeah. Um, and then the big news out of uh, San Diego Comic Con, we got that Marvel Studios and DC Studios are opting out of the Comic Con at home this year. Pretty much making you question, you know, if the if the two biggest reasons people go to Comic Con or tune into Comic Con aren't going to be there, are the is the industry kind of saying, look, if if you're not in person, this convention doesn't mean anything. Well, go ahead, Lance. Well, didn't they not come last year? Or they didn't come last did. year because there was nothing to show because of COVID. They had to shut down productions in yeah. March and, you know, the beginning of the year. So there wasn't really anything to show. So, you know, they still had Fox showed New Mutants and they still had some stuff that was shown, but... DC kind of opted out to do Comic-Con at home last year, and that's why we got the two-day DC Fandome. Which we got again this year, right? Which we're going to get again this year. Yeah, and that's... I thought DC Fandome was awesome, so I'm not even against them doing that again. So I'm not surprised about DC. Marvel's what shocks me, that they're not interested. Well, Marvel, I I don't think Hall did the year before either, though. Like they the, did the year before that, yeah. When the in 2019, when I was there, Marvel was because that's when they had their big Hall H presentation and they brought out all of the the upcoming movies and they announced Blade and like Mahershala Ali came out on stage and they had that oh, huge like was there. they had that huge event and and like Comic Con is always their huge their their big thing and like if I guess if you don't have that Hall H panel, it's not it's not viable for you. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I think that Marvel with D 23, cause D 23 gets a lot of eyes on it. And we saw that this year when um, they had that whole online presentation where they, they showed, I mean, they announced Miss Marvel and they announced the fantastic four movie. Like D 23 was huge. DC has fandom. I think they're just realizing why are we elevating this thing where we're getting the same amount of eyes on our stuff doing it in-house exactly i I mean i'm assuming that they pay comic-con to have a place there i mean that's that's how every trade i mean comic-con's essentially a trade show every trade show i've ever done anybody wants to present has to pay for 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 placement um so i'm assuming it's the same thing Marvel and DC are the two biggest names in the comic industry, comic movies, comic books are the two biggest names in the industry. And they just realize we can do our, do it ourselves for far cheaper because we're not having to pay a fee, you know, and we can dictate how the show is run. We, we control every aspect of it. We don't have to work with anybody else. It's all in house. I mean, the, the smartest move is to do it on their own. I agree, but I'm wondering if next year, if it's in person, is that going to change or is it going to be like Corbin saying in the chat that this might be the death of Comic-Con? 
I don't know. I don't know if it's the death of Comic Con. I think that there's more value when there's an in-person event where there's thousands of people there who are also tweeting to their social media about it, or you know, there's just there's a different buzz uh, with an in-person event than there is with these digital ones. Whereas, like you said, Lance. Marvel doesn't really benefit by doing a digital Comic-Con when they can just shit throw something up on their YouTube or do their own digital event and it'll cost less money. And then for the news cycle, it'll be all about them for like a week or something like that's and, what happened and, with DC yeah. fandom. It came out. What was everyone talking about for like nearly a week? Oh, the new Batman trailer, the suicide squad trailer, you know, the, the new details they gave us about uh, the different the college, video games, video uh, games, yeah. all of that. Like, that's you know there we didn't see anything at e3 this year either about the new batman game uh, or the suicide squad game and the uh gotham knights game because they're going to show it at dc fandom and i get it i get why they do it marvel could probably do the same thing and have a lot of success yeah d23 is huge i mean we all saw the the thing that they did this year that you know two hour long video where they were announcing all these different projects and stuff and they got to control they don't have to compete for um news uh outlets or whatever you know they release we're coming out with a fantastic four movie and miss marvel's coming out dc wasn't running something in you know consecutively so it's not like dc was able to overshadow marvel or vice versa they're running them at different times all the the entire news cycle is about what they did it just makes more sense from a marketing standpoint and you know we've seen comic-con attendance go down in the last few years anyways especially with the comic-cons outside san diego are seeing it even more drastically i mean san diego their biggest attendance was five six seven years ago you know and they've seen it drop dramatically since then to the point where they cut out one of their shows entirely i mean um phoenix comic-con was doing the show in may and then another show in in november and now they just do the show in may and that that attendance has been cut in half. Are you well? Matt, are you talking about San Diego Comic Con? Or are you talking about Phoenix? You just mentioned. Well, I'm two. just talking about the Comic Con. I'm well, talking I mean, about. I'm. I'm saying that outside of San Diego, they're seeing it more drastically. But I think San Diego too. I just don't think Marvel wants to be attached to anybody else that they don't have control over. And I think they see the writing on the wall that that Comic Cons are going to are are slowly, you know their their attendance is shrinking slow san diego less so than than the other markets but as far as the comic-con industry as a whole i mean their attendance is shrinking people can consume this stuff online now yeah but i mean it depends you're you're looking at multiple factors here it's it's going to be booking like what what guests you're booking what content you're booking um yeah you know things like that san diego it's a circus San Diego is the Mecca. It's the international Comic-Con. People come from all over the world to go to this convention. And when you get yeah. there, you see it. And it's like it's it's that Mecca. And that's where people go. People buy tickets to be in that Hall H to, to experience this stuff, to be the first to say that I was the first to do it. So I don't think they're going to pivot so much away from it. I think that when it comes back into in-person, I think Marvel, Marvel for sure will be there stronger than ever. DC might continue to do fandom, but their their property is in, in shambles right now. They're not as prolific as, as Marvel movies. Their people aren't That's true. clamoring them for them like they are Marvel movies. And 
And so I think I think this this signifies Marvel kind of saying, look, you know, anyone can consume this content online and you're consuming it for free. You're not giving anybody anything. When you go to Comic-Con, yeah, it leaks out online after the event, but you're going and these people are paying for that exclusivity to see it in that Hall H before anybody else. Yeah, but and they're, paying, think, they're paying Comic-Con. They're not paying Marvel to come see it. So well, if Marvel I'm, can say, I'm going to get the same people that would go see it at Comic-Con to come to my thing and make them pay me. I would be I'd be interested to see how the logistics of that work because I don't I don't think Marvel's going look we're gonna pay you for this Hall H seating I think I I wouldn't be surprised if Comic Con's like look we're gonna do this for you to get you in that that slot because that in turn sells tickets for them by saying look you can catch Marvel's newest movies in Hall H that's gonna drive your ticket sales versus them not being there at all and I just think that they're they're saying you can consume this. If you're consuming it online, you can consume this content anywhere online. Why not consume it for us? But when it's like, well, we can make a buck here and draw you into the San Diego, you know, to to this convention to sit in the Hall H to sit here and and, and look at it that way and be part of this experience. That's what they're selling at that point. And it's kind of like Corbin saying in the chat, he's like, Comic Cons are dying. They're still around, but nothing like before. Uh, ultimately, just weaker. It's like it's in a state of transition. And, and well, back to your point, to San Diego, right? Right. No, he hasn't. And and to your point too, like Phoenix, they have the Comic Con in May, and then they but then they try to do the one in, in November. But November, you're gearing up for Christmas, so people are not spending money the way they are in in May or June because it's not so it wasn't as lucrative for them. I'll be interested to see what. Their verdict is in January when they go live this year with Comic-Con. Since they're going to do it in January 2022, I'll be interested to see how that drives things. But I'm I mean, more interested in it in January than I am in May. First of all, because it's so damn hot. Yes. <laughs> I mean, May is just standing in that line waiting to get in. is just miserable. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping January. But, you know, I went to Ace Comic-Con that was held in January and their attendance was abysmal like, again that's that's presentation that's you know panels that's program yeah but that's programming like their programming was very weak at ace comic-con well when i when i went they had taryn edgerton they had tom hiddleston yeah they had they Wait. had some- Taryn Edgerton, everyone drink. That's a drinking yeah. code word. But that's, but that's like if if that's what you go for. But if you're not someone that if you're someone that goes for the vendors and the panels and the the other activities and 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 stuff like that, like Ace isn't your kind of convention. If you're not going for the the yeah. celebrities and the signatures and the autographs, you know that's that's not a convention for you. So it it, it I wouldn't. Would, I would say you know, the the vendor alley paired uh, a paled in comparison to phoenix's um the phoenix vendor the vendor hall is just it's a madhouse dude yeah and like that's that's half the fun of phoenix we see all the time is and i'm it's cool that max is finally back to get to experience it too is that half the fun of phoenix is going and hanging out with your geek friends that you don't get to see most of the the rest of the year you talk to on a a computer (laughs) screen or you know, it'd be, you know, you're not hanging out with on a weekend and, you know, it's just, 
I think I think Comic-Con fight with celebrities. Yes. <laughs> I did. Hey, well, I, I got to go I and uh, be list celebrities. <laughs> I got to go to the the uh, Phoenix Fan Fest in in 2018, and that was fun. But that's the last Phoenix Fan Fest I got to go to since I was living in Colorado, and then 2020 got canceled, and 2021 got canceled. And yeah, yeah, it's just I crazy. I don't even remember you going. You 2018, yeah, I did panels. Come on. I and came down. No, we, no, we weren't we weren't working with them yet. Or mm. we hadn't we hadn't started that. That was October of 2018. Hi, Aaron. Oh hi. <laughs> Just popping in for the algorithm. Look at that support, boys. My <laughs> wife's like, no, fuck your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think Kelsey's ever tuned in live or the listened. The only time she's ever listened is I'm weird and I like to listen back to the podcast that I'm on to see if audio quality was good. Were we entertaining? Were there some boring spots? So that's the only time she's ever listened is we're on a road trip and I'm listening to myself. And she's like, how narcissistic are you, hon? Come on. <laughs> Make yourself better. Right? I, think you should, I think you should uh, blast that last comment on the screen there, Matt. That that one? Oh. Yeah, Love it's so nice you. seeing my ugly mug next to her pretty face. So, so, <laughs> you know, you guys are sweet. Hey, man, we're all we're all with uh, significant others that are way better looking than we are. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's true. I mean, uh, we're definitely all swinging above the belt. That's for sure. Yeah, I I wake up every day and I said, "Is this the day my wife's going to wake up and realize I made a damn mistake?" <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> good looking says, sure, that's why you listen to your own podcast. <laughs> well, see, Mike is a bit more because Mike was like, I, I can't get enough from just one podcast, so I'm gonna I'm gonna create six podcasts. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I love you, Mike. Uh, well, that's like Jay. Well, like, uh, whenever Jay has like five Jay, podcasts. yeah, he's got several, <laughs> and I'll be talking to him about uh, about stuff, and he's like, Oh, you should do a podcast about this and this and this. I'm like, dude, I only have so much time. I want I want to be able to enjoy my hobbies on top of my podcasting hobby. I don't I don't yeah. want to do a Star Wars podcast and a you know barbecue podcast and you know about my other interests, you know. No, nah, I'm I'm good. I don't need to do that many. But uh what's next on the docket, Matt? So we got um speaking of Black Panther to uh, it's come out that Black Panther 2's Angela Bassett has said that there has been multiple scripts for this movie. They're on their fifth um, edition of the script with a sixth one imminent. Wow. Does this spell issues with how they're trying? They're, do you think it spells issues with how they're trying to handle the transition from T'Challa to whoever's going to carry on the mantle of Black Panther? Um, is it, do you think it, it spells issues with them how to them dealing with the the passing of Chadwick Boseman, or do you think it's more of a they're trying to be respectful and they want to do it in in the best way possible? I I think um, I think it's understandable that there be so many rewrites. I mean, they had a story that was done expecting Chadwick Boseman to be involved in that story, and now that they can't. I mean, they're basically starting from ground zero, but they still have to maintain some schedule, right? Because we saw the fiasco that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and that whole fiasco, what what that created for the MCU. And not only that, now they don't have Chadwick Boseman reappearing as Black Panther, right? 
they're introducing Namor. So it, there's it, it's it's such a it's going to be such a big movie that they have to be certain that they get it right. Now, one thing I read, you know, because I did a little research on this, is that every Marvel movie goes through numerous, numerous rewrites. Um, and uh, Marvel's constantly changing and changing. And I mean, Iron Man, I think the first Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. did a did a thing that they were coming in with script editions daily, you know, five, six times a day as they're shooting the scene, say, like changing the script on the fly. So I don't think it's going to have as many as Iron Man. And look how great Iron Man turned out. But, See, so that was kind of my thought. Um, so honestly, I don't know how many scripts is typical in, uh, in in film usually. Like I remember a few years ago, I used to think that when someone would write an article about there being reshoots on a movie, that that meant the movie was in trouble. When the reality is nearly every movie does reshoots. It's completely normal, and it's just part of the process. So I don't know. Is this part of the process? Is it normal that there's six, seven, eight, nine, ten scripts for a movie? Uh, with Marvel, it wouldn't surprise me because I know Tom Holland has mentioned before that they have multiple scripts so that you can't leak and say this is what's going to happen because one of them's fake um, or multiple multiples of them are fake. So I don't know. I, I think it could be a mixture of all of it. It could be just normal process, but I'm sure they are having difficulty with the fact that Chadwick Boseman is passing. Um, I do. I wonder if some of it is because the last Black Panther was definitely dealing with um, – uh, cultural and societal uh, topics. Maybe they're doing rewrites because they're trying to deal with things that are happening now. They're trying to stay yeah, as current as they current. can. Exactly. So it could be yeah. it could be related to that as well. I think it has. I think it. I think you guys are right on, and I think it has a lot to do with how to handle that this transition because they have to find a way to explain how he's going to hand over the mantle without him being in it because they've already said that they're not going to use. You know, uh, they're not going to deep fake him. They're not going to CGI him. They're not going to use him. So they got to figure out a way for him to transition the the mantle of Black Panther without being there. That makes sense to fit the continuity of the story that they're trying to tell and the overarching Marvel universe that they're trying to to tell. So, and I'm I'm hoping they're not going to spend a ton of time on the transition of power because the first movie that was a huge part of the plot as well was transitioning the power to Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther. Mm. I don't, I don't want to see the second movie being all about, you know, the different tribes infighting about who's going to lead, lead the nation. I don't know, even though it would make sense. I just, I'm I think hoping it's, that it's not that. The child is just going to go on a fishing trip and, and just decide to leave the, the, the Black Panther necklace behind and he forgets it and wacky events ensue as Siri takes over to to fend off the the attack on Wakanda while he's out fishing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then what they're going to do is they're going to leave him alive and then in the fifth Black Panther movie, they're going to have him uh, have him pull up in something that's known to the character but you don't ever see the character. <laughs> exactly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to all be, all be about family. Yes. Ben Diesel's going to step out of the bush with a shotgun <laughs> and it's going to be all about family. T'Challa's going to show up to the family barbecue there in Wakanda. At, <laughs> out of every movie that Marvel has announced, I think this is the movie that I'm most uh, interested, not not so much interested in seeing, but uh, interested in seeing how they how they tell the story because I think this is the hardest thing that they have to face 
right now out of everything like i think that that landscape has been written and marvel has not been known to um i mean they have 10 years planned of of movies is what they've said they've never really had to pivot like this um you know <laughs> the see grizzle geeks comment we got we got to talk about that Neighbor's gonna walk up and slap the costume off to Chala and Elaine and the and Surrey in the first ten minutes. There you go. <laughs> what I'm nervous of is I really hope because what I was reading the synopsis of this movie is Wakanda versus Atlantis. I really hope this doesn't borrow any story elements from the Aquaman movie that we just saw because essentially, if you think about it, that that's pretty similar as far as the underwater people versus the the land people and i i i don't know there's there's so many question marks revolving around this movie that it has me intrigued but worried at the same time i would almost be okay with it if they went if it went backwards and it was a younger king t'challa you know well not t'challa but his father younger dealing with Atlantis and Namor and, and all that versus prequel. Yes. Dealing with the, the transition of, of black Panther to somebody else moving forward. You know, it would, I, I kind of feel like that would give him a little bit more time and make sense. Cause I mean, otherwise why would Namor just show up and be like, what's up bitches? I'm here, you know? And I've always had a hard time with that. Like in the black widow movie, we just saw, I was like, wait a minute, there was this whole, thing happening with thanos and they needed all hands on deck where was florence Pugh and red guardian like how come those guys weren't how come black widow didn't say oh my sister and dad are excellent <laughs> at the stuff like every time they they introduce a character in like retrospect or they or like they're going to introduce mutants soon if they tell me like oh wolverine's been hanging out for 20 years you know in the shadows where the hell were you <laughs> when Thanos was snapping people away, dude? Like, for, like I hate that about these movies. Like, but I mean, I guess I got to overlook it. But yeah, that might be a multiverse thing. We'll see. But they might explain that away with the multiverse. Moving on to our next topic Maybe. here, we're getting a new uh, the announcement of a new Assassin's Creed game called Assassin's Creed Infinite, and it's going to be a. Uh, a live world game, much like Call of Duty, um, Warzone, or the current Ubisoft Avengers or Square Enix. Sorry, Square Enix Avengers game, to where the so it'll the, still have a story mode like Valhalla and all those ones. So it'll be where the story is continuously ongoing and always updating and changing. So it'll yeah, be like that works so yeah. Well so it's. Avengers. It hasn't worked for Avengers, but like Destiny is a live service game, mm -hmm. and it's been going since 2014, so it's been very successful. I mean, they released Destiny 2 in 2017, but basically that's been a living world for mm -hmm. the past, what, seven years now, almost? Yeah. And it's been very successful, but most other companies that have tried it have not done well. Division, Division 2, which was another uh, Ubisoft title, they tried the live service thing, and they did okay, but they're kind of taking that to the back burner because now the developer uh, massive who does division is working on a star Wars game. So it's like, it's a, it's a very difficult type of game um, genre, I guess to get into. I'm not, I don't know. Assassin's Creed is a massive franchise in the gaming industry. Now it, um, 
is definitely up there for my favorite franchises in all of gaming. I every time Mine a new too. game comes out, I get it. I loved Valhalla. I loved Odyssey. Mm -hmm. What's encouraging to me is that the um, lead, um, I think it was the project lead for Brotherhood Syndicate. Was it Syndicate? Yeah. And uh, Odyssey is the one heading this project. Brotherhood is one of the best Assassin's Creed games. It's old now. It doesn't hold up as well. Back then it was great. Syndicate didn't get a, get a lot of love because Unity was kind of problematic and buggy, but Syndicate was a really good Assassin's Creed game, and I thought Odyssey was really good. So while I'm not super stoked about this live service idea for Assassin's Creed, I have I have high hopes because of that same guy being involved. Uh, it's also a cross-studio project, which is interesting. I just It's not clear to me, unless, unless I just haven't seen it, the articles I was reading, is this kind of replacing the single player ones, or is this just in addition to the normal singer single player ones? I'm guessing it's in addition to the normal singer single player ones. Uh, Cause it would be a bummer to get rid of that experience. Like Valhalla was great and I didn't have to interact with anybody. I just turned my computer on, played the game and escaped into this world. Whereas with a live service game, you don't have to play with other people, but that's kind of the point is that yeah. you're playing online with people. So I'm I'm, go I'm ahead, sorry, man. go ahead, Lance. I was going to say, I'm super excited for this because I'm a huge fan of this franchise. Like Max, I have been since the beginning with Altair going into oh, Ezio. Yeah. Ezio you know, is one of my favorite Assassins. Assassin's Creed 2 is probably one of my favorite Assassin's Creed games. Great game. So um, I'm so stoked for this because I, I like the idea of being able to create your own Assassin and, and change the way you look and, up and you know achieve gear and upgrade gear and, and things like that. You can already do in the original Assassin's game, but pairing up with your friends to be able to take contracts and go out and do assassination missions and and all the possibilities that this world and franchise brings to the table even if it is in a in a you know real time or real life world or whatever you want to call it See, now you're getting me more excited about it yeah good job, super, good yeah, job. Well, i mean it's super st <laughs> i'm super stoked for it as a gamer i'm super stoked for it yeah so well, I don't now think that sounds really good to me at all it may not. So like, it's it's interesting. I hope they do better because Unity, they tried the multiplayer aspect and doing missions together. And I did a little bit of that and it was fun, but ultimately it was a failure. But hey, you know, I think that was 2014. So seven years ago, I think we're ready to try again. And that does sound like a good time, man. Linking up with some friends and just going on assassination missions together, maybe even fighting like bosses together. That could be pretty cool. Just running through the fun. world and, and seeing someone and just being able to assassinate them and just keep on trucking, like, yeah, for, <laughs> to grief, just grief people with assassinations would be awesome. Yeah, so I definitely would. Like a story <laughs> like what Valhalla is, like, like, am I do I have like a mission and I'm setting like I'm watching a story because that's what I love about these games, it's, it's like a movie that I'm controlling, right? But Destiny never appealed to me because it just seemed like, like the same thing as like Fortnite, like you're getting together and you're you're doing these camps and you're collecting loot and all this other crap and that's not it's like not a app. no it's, it's nothing it's like destiny's nothing yeah. like fortnite but yeah but fortnite is a it's a battle royale game where destiny's more of like a it's more of a, a looter shooter where you're you have a mission where you're like you know you got to go take down this guy but you get you can do it with your friends so you know, it's it's a live world where events are happening and things are changing on the moment's notice and and things are going on. But you're you're doing it with your friends. You're trying to accomplish a mission with your friends and 
the people you're playing with versus just by yourself like you are in but in does Valhalla. one mission affect the other mission because yeah that, like Valhalla, like it's like a movie like there's a beginning there's a middle and there's an end yeah there's a story especially yeah there's, that's there'll the be a story behind it. yeah yeah it's but it will be as an, rich as assassin's creed like it'll be an ongoing story to where like every month there's a new piece that comes out to the story instead of just being one story self-contained in the game and then they maybe add to it later on in dlc this will be like weekly you're getting updates where it's going to add to the story there's going to be new content adding to that story but there's never an ending to the story there's an ending to arcs yeah but it's oh so so it's kind of like a comic book series like you can have like a five episode arc and then it's the same comic book, but then you could start a new arc in that same. Yeah. yeah well, so like destiny does destiny does a new expansion every year and every year there's a storyline associated with that expansion. And that, that is a self-contained story. Now that said, there's an overarching story as well. That still isn't fully resolved, but that's what I expect from this Assassin's Creed game. You might have a story line. There may be like a, a you know, it's probably going to be Templars like usual, and you're going to be hunting down Templars. There might be a big bad that you're hunting down, but maybe a month after you beat the game, there's going to be something new that comes out to where it may not have cutscenes necessarily, but you'll have new missions and it'll have like some lore behind it and you'll do those. Like that's usually what I expect from live service games. And then yeah. a year later, they'll have a new expansion that does have cutscenes and a more rich story. Probably not as long as the original game though, but it's going it, to, I would expect it'll still have story, but I'm not expecting it to be as expansive of a story as you'll get in Valhalla, but maybe I'll be wrong about that. I would so, expect it to have a bigger story. You would think because they can, continuously add on to it and continuously add to it and make it and grow the story i think yeah i think it would be over time yeah greatly bigger than i'm thinking more on release it's not going to be as mm -hmm. big as valhalla story-wise i think there'll be a lot to do because there's going to be the end game they have to figure out but it'll be interesting to see is it going to be based on loot i would imagine so that's pretty common so one of my issues with destiny is that if you didn't start on day one and say you waited a couple months, everybody else was going to be way better than you. Like, I mean, that's video games. Yeah, but how it is. Well, like Halo, like if you like compared to somebody, and so the game wasn't fun for somebody that was starting like six months in because they would just go in there and be at a. So I think I think Destiny has solved some of that issue, and hopefully, this game can do the same. So, and what I mean by that is like Destiny has a lot of PVE, so you're playing against like the computer doing it during the story missions and that's not going to be as challenging to a new player necessarily plus they'll give you they'll kind of bump you up to a decent power level that isn't the highest but it's it's a good power level so you're not starting at zero you may you might start at a thousand or whatever it is they're they're constantly tweaking the power levels mm. so these games the developers do their best to make sure that you can jump in whenever and still have a good experience but there is always going to be that world where yeah if you jump in three years into this this live service game you're not going to have all the loot the cool gear that these people that have been playing since day one have but that doesn't mean you can't, can't have a good experience you can't have fun still yeah you just you, you do have to play catch up but typically you don't have to have certain items unless it's destiny one you had to have color horn <laughs> yes sir. i think i might be skipping this one 
<laughs> just knowing you, Lance, I think that's probably a good idea. I don't think it's your thing. <laughs> I think you just need to get on board with an old man and quit. I suck it. at video games as it is, so playing with other people is like completely nerve wracking for me. Like, well, it's funny. Lance likes games, but he plays by himself usually. He's not an online gamer. He and I have been friends for over ten years. I think I've played online with you once and it's in our like entire friendship. Yeah, it's just not something we do together. We hang that's out. In I, I, that's my jam. Is I love playing online. Like I play Call of Duty good. religiously. So I feel I like, like to my play level online. of competition isn't good enough to play with the people around me. Mario Kart and stuff like that's fun. Like playing with <laughs> yeah. other people. But... Beating my kids in Mario Kart is fun, but what I have to play <laughs> online, <laughs> against, online against actual challengers, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Dude, Call of Duty, I can't do, man. I've got like a .4 KD in Call of Duty games. I suck. But the campaigns are a blast. I love those. Yeah. But all, freaking Call of Duty, I think it's just my map awareness and my shooting skill. But I just like, all of a sudden, I'm dead. I'm like, I don't even know where they shot me from. Where are they coming from? <laughs> but, all right, moving on here. We're going to get into my top five release comics of this week. This is the book where I go through the books that I picked up this week and let you know what I thought was the top five books on the shelf. Uh, and to maybe spark your interest next time you're in your local LCS run through this real quick um at number five this week we have batman 110 uh written by james tinian batman's bloody no holds barred fight with the magistrate enforcer peacekeeper one rages on in an epic fashion um samson saint master plans come to fruition as the magistrate program makes its move on gotham city and things are about to heat up. So basically if you were in the future state and all the magistrate stuff that's going on in future state Batman is now starting to to push into the magistrate coming to Gotham and, and all the events that were taking place in Future State are starting to come to fruition in this book. Um, ever since we came back from the, the Future State break, Batman, has, the, the storytelling of Batinian has, has fallen off a little bit. Um, this is not one of my favorite issues of, of Batman as of late, so that's why I came in at number five. Number four, we got Skybound X number one. Um, this book celebrates uh, a sensational 10 years of Skybound uh, with your favorite creators of all new stories and favorite series, past, present, and future. Each issue is an oversized weekly series. We'll, uh, we'll kick off a new chapters of The Walking Dead story, Rick Grimes 2000, uh, which if you believe is either Walking Dead 73 or 75, there was a backup story of Rick Grimes 2000 where aliens come and they take over and continue on the walking dead story. Um, Wait, they've what? kind of, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. And they kind of continued on with that where everyone who died in the walking dead universe was taken by aliens and brought back to life. And, um, Is now there's a, involved with this. Yeah. He's writing it. So there's a massive war between the walking dead universe and aliens. Um, it's pretty cool. Well, he got bored and it's like, I need to, <laughs> <laughs> pretty pretty much and it also uh the backup story is the uh the comic book adaptation in the first appearance of clementine the star of the telltale walking dead oh, game nice series. i love so that is her her first appearance in comic book publications since it started in skybound x1 coming at number Poor four telltale. yeah uh number three was uh, the amazing spider-man 70 the prelude to the sinister war nick spencer's spider-man saga reaches new heights the sinister war between Dr. Octopus and the Vulture is about to turn Spider-Man's life upside down. So basically, you're getting so many iterations. This book is getting crazy. The Spider-Man had kind of hit a lull, and it feels like we've been going through event through event, but now we're getting to 
um, the story that's going to potentially end the life of Peter Parker as Nick Spencer's time on this book comes to an end. So now is definitely the time to jump onto Amazing Spider-Man if you want some good stories going forward. Um, number two is Kevin Smith's Masters of the Universe Revelations, the prelude to the Netflix um, series he's got coming out. So uh, kind of hints into that, uh, the events that are, are leading up to the Netflix series. So if you're looking forward to that, you can kind of uh, read these books and, and get caught up there. And then my number one book for this week is uh, Techno Horror, and it's a horror anthology that blends the best in horror subgenres of Body Shock to Grindhouse and more. Each issue contains a five short stories. Um, so if you're into horror comics that or looks cool. yeah, you're like Ice Cream Man or Ha Ha or any of these kind of uh, off the wall horror comics, it's definitely worth worth checking those out. And that was probably one of my, I like horror anthologies because it's, it's five books that are, you know, each book contains five different stories. So you have options there and it's not just the same. Each book is going to be a different story versus a continuing overarching story. So it's a lot, they're a lot of fun. So that was the big books for this week. So if you're in your local comic shop, any of those look interesting, make sure to pick them up. And let me know what you think in, in the, the comments. Let me know what you what you thought was the best books or if you think something was better than I haven't read this week or you read that you want to bring on to my attention. Leave me a little, little comment below. Appreciate that. So, all right, let's get into the, comment. Just put let's get comment. the big one. Let's do uh, Black Widow. Let's talk Hell about yeah. Black Widow here. This is a conversation I've been waiting to have and I, I wanted to keep it to the end of the show, but um we all saw black widow max and i saw it last night and max saw it again today apparently and you saw it today right lance yes all right so i'm gonna go we're gonna go spoilers so if you haven't seen black widow i appreciate y'all hanging out if you want to leave now i understand come back and listen to our review later on um as i think there's a lot of good things that are going to be said in favor and against this movie um but i want to give you this this opportunity now you've been warned we are going to spoil it there are going to be spoilers for the movie the after credits, pretty much everything. So if you have yet to see Black Widow, turn off now. But if you see it and you want to stick around, let, let, let's chat Black Widow. I'm going to kick it off to, to Max. I'll kick it off to you first, Mr. I've seen it twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which may make you think that I thought it was like a masterpiece. I didn't, but I really liked it. I, I did enjoy it. I thought it was a good time. Um, but yeah, I went to the theater last night on a whim, decided after the Suns game that I was going to go hit up hit up black widow and i'm glad i did it was really Thanks fun for it's calling been... me by the way yeah it was a last minute decision like i said <laughs> I, I thought about it as i was driving i was like oh crap i should call lance but it was too late plus i have other friends you know i can hang out you mean you guys are you. don't just have your like bromance radar where like <laughs> the minute you think of lance he gets like a little tingle somewhere and he's like oh, max is thinking about me and you, it is just that, doesn't that matter tingle? i did get a tingle last night is that your peter tingle yeah. <laughs> so you know Max is thinking about you and get your Peter. But tingle. it was weird. It was in my nether regions. So well, that's, I it was that's, my wife, how is that weird? Not. Isn't that normal for you too? I mean absolutely hetero life, mate. I love you, boy. <laughs> I think you that's can't... the exact opposite of hetero. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> go ahead, buddy. <laughs> anyway, so I, I decided to go see it. And um overall I really enjoyed the movie. I uh I thought that um 
Florence Pugh's character, Elena, was the best part by far, uh, followed closely by David Harbour. I thought he was really great as well. Um, Scarlett Johansson of, of the main cast was actually probably the weakest. Um, she wasn't very interesting at the end of the day. It's just, um, she wasn't bad. She was just kind of bland, you know? I don't know. It's just, I think I think she her arc has ended, and so it was kind of hard to get behind it. Um, I, I think she'd had, had some good moments, though. I mean, we got to dive into her past a little bit. We got to see some of the trauma she's she's been through, and, and uh, she did a good job. But overall, I thought I thought the other characters were better. But Taskmaster sucked. Yes. Taskmaster was so bad. Um, leading up to the movie, I, I heard I saw people saying they weren't weren't liking Taskmaster. They thought that Taskmaster looked bad, and I was like, you know, the costume doesn't look as good as the you know some of the drawings I've seen. But you know, live action doesn't always translate perfect. So I thought the look was fine. It was going to be okay. The look wasn't my issue. The action wasn't necessarily my issue. I actually enjoyed some of the action scenes with Taskmaster. But the backstory and the twist that they gave at the end was just kind of not good. Like Lance, earlier you were comparing it to the Iron Man 3 twist with the Mandarin. So like, if you haven't seen the movie and, you, and you're here anyway, the, the spoiler is that Taskmaster ends up being the main villain who isn't Taskmaster. It's his daughter who that Black Widow Black was supposedly Widow. Had, had blown up 10 years yeah. earlier. So, And she's more machine than she is like... Yeah, so like she's got like a chip in her head and and all this. It's just yeah. So like I know Matt, you know the backstory for Taskmaster more than either Lance or I. But like my understanding of Taskmaster is Taskmaster was a mercenary, a really skilled fighter. Got injected with the Super Soldier Serum, which enhanced his abilities even more. He was able to mimic people even better. But then as he mimicked more people, he started losing his memories more to where he forgot his family. And um, I know that at one point he worked for S.H.I.E.L.D. and then he left and then he was a mercenary and would basically take any job. He's gone up against Spider-Man. He's gone up against Iron Man. He's he's a main villain that deserves to be the main villain of a movie and actually have a voice. Taskmaster in this, first of all, was a girl, which that's fine. I don't even mind the gender bend, but the fact that you completely removed any of the interesting backstory and they didn't have a single line bothered me i just i thought it was a pretty big letdown not as the bad only as the thing she says letdown, is but... is he is he gone i think is oh does she actually say something when she's lying on the floor after um black widow sprays her with the dust or whatever she says is he gone and she's referring to her father that's mm. all she says throughout the whole that's movie right, that's right and and i was like wait like it was so bad. It might be worse than the Mandarin reveal because at least the Mandarin up until that point was entertaining. It was pretty cool. Yeah, like the reveal is the worst part of the Mandarin of uh, and I forget the actor's name off the top of my ben head. Kingsley. But ben Kingsley, thank you. The reveal is the worst part, but but his portrayal throughout the whole movie was actually decent, and then the the reveal kind of ruined it. Taskmaster, I mean, aside from cool fight sequences, really doesn't do anything for this movie. They were relegated I mean, to a freaking like a a, a robot for she's hire. A henchman. Like, she, like, a henchman. She reminds me of the she reminds me of the foot in the Ninja Turtle movies, just kind of like mindless, do the bad guys bidding. 
like and that's not what taskmaster is supposed to be taskmaster is supposed to be really intelligent and be able to to mimic other people's moves and and learn your fighting styles and that's how yeah and the mimicking was done by technology as far as i could tell it wasn't any superpowers it was they were like technological yeah i mean this my big thing with this movie is if this movie is is its placement in the mcu this movie was supposed to come out last year it got pushed because of covid and they didn't want to put it on disney plus so they kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it and I know all honestly, this movie should have been made and came out before Infinity War ever debuted because the timeline takes place between the events right after of, Civil War, right after Civil War, leading up to to Infinity War, to where the fact yeah. where you see why she's got the blonde hair, why she's got the vest that she's wearing in Infinity War and Endgame, you, you know, all, all of that stuff, and and you know, Lance was kind of alluding to it earlier that, you know, you've got um, Yelena Belova in here now, her sister. You've got, you know, Red Guardian. So where were all these people during the fight with Thanos? Okay. Did they get snapped and gone? Okay. Fine. But I felt like there was no stakes in this movie. I kind of felt like I enjoyed it, but at times I thought this movie was boring. Because it, there wasn't much substance to it. It was a story that I kind of felt was all over the place that we really didn't need to see. The biggest thing we got out of this is it answered the question of what happened in Budapest that they referred to back all mm-hmm. the way to the Avengers movie. You know, you, you got that answered. And well, and like I you were saying, like Bart you were saying, hold on, with Taskmaster, Master Lance or um, Max is right. Taskmaster was born with the ability to to mimic. He had a photo a photographic memory. He could mimic people, and he was a mercenary for Shield and and left Shield. And he was inject, he was injected by a bootleg Nazi version of the Super Soldier Serum that enhanced that ability. So, as he mimics and learns abilities, his own personal memories get wiped away, and and he can basically mimic any feat except for like superhuman strength. So, any combat, any weapons training anything like that he can mimic he just can't mimic superhuman strength so you look at it like that has a potential to be a badass villain that could carry a movie and it's i don't like you said i don't care about the gender thing either but they they watered that down to be a second rate henchman that really sucked at their job yeah you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, and I think the thing that's most frustrating to me is that we just saw Falcon and Winter Soldier, and the they did a gender bend in that one too with uh, Carly, right? And she was such a um, I, I really compared Taskmaster and Carly, like the way they portrayed Carly in in Falcon. They could have done a similar thing with Taskmaster. She's, I mean, she's formidable. She's smart. She's intelligent. She really carries her own when she's out there. And really, they kind of, in a movie that was supposed to champion um, strong females, right? Because really, there's only one lead man in this whole movie, um, David Harbour. The rest is all women. And even he is relegated to the dumb buffoon. Yeah, which I loved. You know, yeah, David Harbour played it didn't the role me. really well. So like, Took the bad taste of there... cowboy out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was there to knock people over. You know, he wasn't yeah. there to, to come up with plans. 
but to take to take what could have been a strong female villain because having a strong female villain is just as important as having a strong female hero which we learned from um ant-man in the wasp right because ghost i thought was very very yeah, well ghost done. is pretty cool i liked ghost. um i thought carly and falcon and the winter soldier was very well done why why regress like this and you brought up an interesting point matt where you said there was no stakes Mm-hmm. Well, there's no stakes because this is a prequel. We know right. the end results of everything that's happening. The same thing with Captain Marvel. We know Captain Marvel is not going to come into any real peril in that movie. We know she's going to be more powerful by the end of the movie because we know that she is the one that's supposed to defeat Thanos, right? Because they leaked that early that that Captain Marvel was introduced because none of the other, besides Scarlet Witch, maybe, they needed her to defeat Thanos. So that's why they 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 you know made her movie a prequel there was no real stakes in that movie the prequel idea they need to get rid of the prequel idea it needs to be a continuous story unless they're doing something that's not directly affecting the storyline and that character is going to be like she hulk we have not heard about she hulk prior to this we haven't heard about her um uh, having any real effect into the movies as a whole. It's just a new character. If they want to do a prequel that way, and then eventually in the future, it kind of leads into something that makes more sense. But we already know Black Widow's story. You know, all this did was just kind of clear some fogginess of like Budapest and, and, and kind of passing the mantle to Florence Pugh. It, sh- this should have come out. Well, You're and- absolutely right. It should have come out before Infinity War. Yeah, it would have been ideal. And speaking of Budapest, I I um, was a little bummed, and maybe there was an announcement for Marvel about this ahead of time. But pretty much every Marvel movie for the last many years has had two heroes in it. Even though you'll have, you know, Captain America was his movie, uh, Winter Soldier. I mean, but you had Scarlet or Scarlet Johansson, but Black Widow as basically like the second main character in that as the hero. And this wasn't like that. There wasn't another Avenger in it. And so I was a little bummed that we didn't get a better flashback to Budapest and actually see Hawkeye. I thought that would have been really cool to actually see the two of them and what they did during that mission. That was a little bit of a bummer. Not like I didn't enjoy it, but when I heard that they were doing a Black Widow prequel, I was like, can we just do Budapest? I want I want to see that. Just give us a whole movie about that mission. Um, and and even that, that turned out to be super underwhelming. Yeah, that did. <laughs> like they made it a big, like a huge event, and it's like all it was was her okay. initiation into Shield, right? It was her basically turning on on the widows and and selling them out to Shield. Yeah, it's her defection to Shield is pretty much yeah. what it was. And they were yeah. trying to kill the leader of the Red Room, but it's almost as if they said, "Okay, we don't want it. We want Scarlett Johansson, Black Widow, to be this to be just as large." you know and just as pivotal to the mcu story as all the male heroes right so in order to not take any light away from black widow we're not going to introduce we're not going to have any of the men from the from the mcu appear right and to the point where they only have one male lead and he's reduced to you know one-liners and kind of a buffoon a little bit you know he he really doesn't have any starring like like solo scenes in this whole movie. I mean, 
he's always just kind of like what you're talking about he's arm wrestles those guys and tells stories <laughs> about how he fought captain america that could have never happened because captain america was frozen in ice yeah yeah know, during all this time but like but that's the same way with florence Pugh though like i think she steals this movie but yeah she she's badass and she has a lot of action scenes but she's kind of there for comedic relief and it kind of the same a lot of way her lines are hilarious you character relief you know and it's just like it, it's a, to give it it's like almost like they when they read through they're like man this is a little a little too too boring and bland we need to to kick it up a little bit and that's why they added the comedic stuff to it but it just it just, to me it felt like this is something that this movie should have been released a year ago on Disney Plus. It shouldn't have been pushed because well, they should have turned this into a TV show. Well, that too, like but even Hawkeye. like even after the so the after credit scene, it leads in. This is our first after credit scene that leads into a TV show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it's Hawkeye, right? She's going to be in Hawkeye. That's what they're. Trying yeah, to she's going to be in in Hawkeye, and but you see the the thing is is so because this movie kept getting pushed those after credit scenes were done out of order. So the one that takes place in Falcon winter soldier where uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus's character, um, Countess Valentina, Dave Fontaine shows up and offers, you know, John, the, the mantle of the you US, know, agent. Not, US agent. And that was actually, she was actually supposed to see her first in, in black widow. And then that was the second time you were supposed to see her, but they flopped the, the after credits because this movie kept getting pushed. So, you know, obviously she's putting together the, the she's putting together the dark Avengers, the secret Avengers, you know, she's, there's something going on behind the scenes that, that she's doing it and you're leading up into Hawkeye. So you're kind of like questioning, well, why is this going into Hawkeye? And it just, well, and I think that that could have helped Falcon a winter soldier actually. Cause like, I think anyone that watched Falcon and winter soldier got a, creepy vibe from her that she's not a good guy mm-hmm. but if you had seen black widow in the after credit scene where she's trying to get um elena to kill hawkeye you would know okay she's not a good person like that's it's clear she has ul- ulterior motives yes yes and then you see her in falcon and winter soldier after that you're like okay that's the chick that's trying to kill clint i don't like her already and it gives you more insight into the character that that you didn't have in falcon and winter soldier so that is a little bit of a bummer is it story killing? No, but it is disappointing. And I do agree with you that they could release this on Disney plus obviously it was for money reasons. That's why they didn't do it. But in some ways make their money. Well, yeah, yeah. But in some ways I wish they would have because while it wasn't like a top tier Marvel movie, I did enjoy it. And can you imagine during the pandemic, like let's say last July when we were right in the midst of it, had they released this on Disney plus how excited people would have been. Like that would have been pretty cool to get a Marvel movie in the middle of like of everything. So it could have like actually brought a lot of joy and happiness to people. And the movie probably would have been talked about a lot more positively. Not that I'm seeing it get a lot of hate because it's not bad, but we're, we're kind of crapping on it in some ways that maybe we wouldn't have had it been Disney plus last July. Cause we would have just been excited to have it. Well, and look it, at the love WandaVision and Falcon got. So it could have gotten similar love, you know, by coming out on Disney Plus. And on Grizzle Geek, um, Mike and, and Doug. Doug, I'm drawing a blank now. Mike and Doug were talking about this movie and they were saying that maybe his uh, Red Guardians 
thoughts of or memories of fighting Captain America were implant were implanted because later on he asks Natasha about did Cap say anything about me? Has he mentioned me? You know, so it, it's like that's true. Those memories be. are really there. So and they talk a lot about mind control and and things like that. So that that's possible too. And I think there's some layers here that you can pull back on this movie on second and even third viewings. But I think as far as a Marvel movie goes, and especially like that big return to the theater, like this is that big movie that that theaters are are banking on to to reinvigorate them and and keep them going and pull them out of the the COVID debacle. And and like I said, theaters here are going full capacity now for this movie. And I just, it's not there. Like it's a middle of the road Marvel movie, which at the end of the day, isn't that bad. Cause it's still probably going to break box office numbers, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a middle, as far as Marvel standards go, it's a middle of the road Marvel movie that I think would have been and performed much better at, a different if it was pre if it was released pre infinity war so that way it lines up instead of going backwards and being like well this character's dead so we have no reason to care about her anymore they really set up no reason to care about her moving forward it is they use it to establish for florence's pew yelena belova the the white widow you know and they the there's some transition there but at the end of the day it's not a lot and it falls harder into that Marvel trope of taking great comic book villains and watering them down and using them poorly or killing them off. Which is a shame because the last few um, installments that we've had to the MCU have done such a great job with villains. I mean, you think Ghost, Killmonger, uh, Carly, um, even Thanos. Agatha. Yeah, Thanos. this was. This was phase one villain territory. Yes. And yeah, like they, they regressed into that. the same thing. Oh, Loki's I mean, so good. They regressed into that trope. And like they, they had so like Thanos, you can't tell me that at the end of infinity, at the end of infinity war, there was times where you felt for Thanos and you understood and sympathized with what he was doing. Well, that's the same with Killmonger. Yeah. And yeah, whereas exactly. Killmonger. what is this guy's name in black widow? Is it Kiesnov? Mm, it's some Russian name. That I'm Whatever it is, you can't relate with the guy. He's just he's just a bad dude who legit says in the movie that he hates women. He's mm-hmm. like, there's too many women on this planet. Like, dude, you just Thanos was a bad guy, but you could understand his motivations, and and he had a lot more movies for us to build those motivations. But yeah, this was phase one bad villain territory. Taskmaster, can you imagine if we had? I don't even, maybe even on the Hawkeye show, he could have been the villain of the whole Hawkeye show or even Falcon and Winter Soldier, like a, a whole six episodes of dealing with this guy or girl, yeah. even if they wanted to gender bend it, would have been really cool. And this just feels like a missed opportunity. Who knows? The character is still alive. Maybe they're going to redeem uh, Taskmaster and make her cool, bring her into more movies or the TV shows. Well, maybe. it's kind of a, it's kind of implied that she's a good guy now. It's implied, but but you know she's had a lot of trauma. Maybe she's going to be bad for her own reasons. Who knows? So maybe they can redeem it. Who knows? They, they may not. I think what really sums up this movie is, you know, people have been saying we want a Black Widow movie. We want a Black Widow movie for, you know, since she was uh, unveiled in Iron Man. Yeah. To introduce, thank you, in Iron Man two. 
they've been clamoring for a Black Widow movie. Disney says, shut the fuck up. We're going to make you your stupid movie. <laughs> you know, here it is. Choke it down. To, you know, take it down with some water. Eat your broccoli. Yeah. And and it just seems kind of rushed. And it just like it's a movie that I feel like they didn't they wouldn't have made if the public wasn't saying make it. You know, because it doesn't feel like it does anything. You could have easily introduced Florence Pugh at the end of Endgame after Black Widow dies when they're having that funeral scene and she's there and she says, you know, fuck you, Hawkeye. I'm going to kill you because you killed my sister. And it would have done the same thing, <laughs> you know, like without this movie. You could have introduced her at an end credit scene, you know, just as easily. And brought her in. Like well, it, it well, doesn't if you remember, do they had Disney had the stand and Marvel Studios had the stance for the longest time that Black Widow couldn't carry her own movie. They didn't think that a Black Widow could carry her own movie. So that's why it never got made. It wasn't yeah. until like her movie Lucy came out and some of these other like female led action movies came out that they were like, All right, we can do a Black Widow movie. And I mean, this is what we got. Like they want to do a movie about that's family driven that they want it like I wasn't joking when I said if you just added Vin Diesel in it, you know, I said in Grizzle Geeks chat now you add Vin Diesel this movie, you have Fast Ten because they're like <laughs> family about family and you know it and they don't even like they talk about her mother and her mother doesn't even get a name and they don't you don't get to see like if you got to see like her get ripped away from her mother and they if they hooked you with like that heart wrenching family scene at the beginning. And then you go into the whole like fake family and her being put in the red room and, and all that, that gives you a little bit more to go on. Like you didn't, you, you started the, with the movie feeling like there was something off and it, it just yeah. kind of never let you fully immerse into this world, into this story they were trying to tell you. Yeah. As I was watching it, it didn't feel like I was immersed in the MCU. And I kept wondering why not this, this is Black Widow. I'm very familiar with this character. She's been in so many movies, but I I think the story and where it's placed in the timeline, all of that, it just kind of felt disjointed and disconnected, and almost like you know how Agents of Shield is MCU adjacent. It almost felt like that, which it isn't. This is definitely within the MCU timeline, but something just felt off. But really quick, because we've been talking a lot of the things we don't like about it, I want to mention that I really enjoyed the jailbreak scene. And I thought that some of the stunt work in that was pretty badass. Like Natasha jumping out of the plane or the plane, the, the helicopter and getting down there and doing her pose, which was also a hilarious moment for Elena. I, I don't know. I, th I thought that was a really cool moment. And uh, I just wanted to, I, I, I didn't want to finish our review without mentioning that. I thought that was pretty cool. Well, I <laughs> thought when they, my were, watches. when they were bringing things out of the sky, like when they were crashing everything out of the sky, it, like I thought all that stuff was cool when she's like flying through the air to attach the the parachute to Elena and her, you know everything that's going on in there. I thought that was really well done too. I liked the movie. Like I said, it I gave it a seven point five out of ten. It it was a fine Marvel movie. It was fine for what it was. But you're going into it knowing that she's dead. There's no big no nothing no big like groundbreaking thing that it can change about the Marvel Cinematic Universe up to this point. It, it fits in its little lane and it stays there. And I think that's, that's just kind of what it's, it's going to a Marvel movie for the sake to go to a Marvel movie. You're not going to get anything that's groundbreaking or, 
game changing or like earth shattering because it's already it's already got its own little slot that it has to fit into. The only thing you got from this movie is it's introducing two characters that we're most likely going to see again in Red Guardian and White Widow. I mean, that's really all it is. I mean, everybody else, like uh, O.T. Fagbenel, who's from Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, even he know. Like, is, he, is he going to be in future? Like, what was his? I hope so. Like, he, what really disappointed me about this movie is from the beginning, I, with the theme song that they chose, the the Smells Like Team Spirit cover. I love I said, that oh, cover, by the I way. I like that, too. Yeah, it's, it's haunting. I got major James Bond feels right mm-hmm. like the same kind of intro and i was like oh this is going to be like an espionage movie this is going to be like a james bond super secret spy type movie it's not that it's it's not yeah. that kind of movie like they they tried to make it that kind of That's movie some elements that. mike from grizzle said this movie had one job to make you like the new black widow job accomplished he said i do but i liked florence Pugh when they when they announced florence Pugh, i said oh that's genius they this girl should have been in a marvel movie when it started that's how talented she is i mean if you've seen uh fighting with my family and uh she's in she's in several other things and i'm just completely drawing a blank right now uh little women um she's in she gives stunning performances each and every time like that fighting with my family would not be a good movie if she wasn't in it and um so i knew that she was going to be great but I told my wife after a movie, I said, you know, still the best Black Widow movie is Red Sparrow. <laughs> like this Red Sparrow did the black like and I know it's not Black Widow, so I'm speaking facetiously, but Red Sparrow did a better Black Widow origin story than Black Widow. And and the only thing you got out of this, the only thing that in in five years when I'm recalling my favorite Marvel moments is the fact that it introduced red guardian and white widow that's it i'm not i i don't think i'll be able to recall the plot points in this movie five years from now like iron man 2 i could watch tomorrow and be like oh i forgot that happened oh i forgot that happened oh i forgot same kind of thing like it's not like end game where you could say oh then this happened then this happened then this you can recite the whole the whole plot of the movie I'm going to forget this in five years. Just like Captain Marvel. I'll forget this. And by the time Shang-Chi comes out, it's like I said, it's not. It's not an important movie in the timeline. Other than it introduces Florence Pugh. Right. I think she's going to be better to watch in Hawkeye later this year than, than even this movie. And I, I really hope that she, it's not just like a one episode. Like she comes in Clint's like, no, she was my best friend. Like, I wanted it to be me. And she sacrificed herself. And she's like, oh, okay. And then we don't see her again. Like, <laughs> I hope that the, the, it's not like oh, a, they're gonna a fight. minute thing. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, I hope it's not a one episode thing. Like, I hope that is the story is that Clint is being hunted by her, you know, has to, you know, train Kate Bishop because we know that's happening. You know, I, I hope she gets her due diligence because I don't feel like. It was done in this movie. Well, the other thing I mean, is, is how do you carry on her humor? They're gonna go on. They're gonna go on with the the Matt Fraction Hawkeye story where he's he's deaf, and that's why you're getting these other characters in there that are that are deaf, like Echo and 
and stuff like that. And that's why he's training Kate Bishop. I would like to see it where she shows up at the beginning of it, takes her shot at him, and she's the reason he he becomes deaf. You know, yeah. she takes her shot and and misses because he is Clint. He is as good as her sister. She takes her shot and misses, but leaves him impaired where he has to kind of train his his replacement, you know, or or whatever it is. But you're you're gonna see more of her moving forward because she's gonna be in Avengers movies. Or she's probably gonna transition into the ne- the next Avengers team, and there's gonna be more of her I'm her sure. down the line. Like she's sure. the most she's talked just- about thing in this movie. Like it, it's. I think she deserves an Oscar for her portray for her her performance in this movie because it's fantastic. But um, yeah, yeah, she's she's just phenomenal. I've I've been in love with her for some time. And if you haven't like fighting with my family, if you haven't given that movie a chance, because I know many people that haven't because it is a wrestling movie and most people see wrestling as kind of hokey. If you haven't given that chance a movie, you need to watch it because her given that chance a movie. If you haven't given that movie a chance, <laughs> if you haven't given that chance a movie. <laughs> if you haven't given that movie a chance, you need to because I I reviewed it streaming on, uh, now on, on Paramount Plus. I reviewed it on Couch Crunchers. I gave that movie a four out of five. Um, I loved it so much. So, I mean, you need you need to watch that movie because she's just phenomenal. So I'm excited. It's a far yeah. better actress than Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> so. But, all right, well, I mean, that's just the opinion of three talking heads on the internet. Go see Black Widow for yourself. Make your own opinions. Let us know in the conversation or comments below. Continue the conversation. Let us know what you liked, what you didn't like about the movie. Do you think we're we're spot on with what we're saying? We're we're off base. We're mi- is there something where you think we're missing that you want to bring to our attention? Let us know in the comments below, and uh, we'll definitely reply to you there and, and keep the conversation going. But we are running at about two hours now. Do you guys want to talk Loki or do you guys want to wait for Loki till next week once the final episode airs and we can talk about it as the series as a whole? I say we wait. Yeah, I, I just want to say it. I like it a lot. I, I love it. <laughs> I don't like it. So there you go. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting conversation. So tune in next week. It'll be, it'll I do want to say something. If if we go have ahead. any female listeners of the show, I do. I would love to hear a female's perspective of black widow and what they thought, because I don't, I don't think it does female, you know, empowerment, any justice. So I'd love to get, I'd love to get that perspective. So, well, my sister and Aaron both absolutely loved it. And my sister thought that it was the best, one of the better Marvel movies yet, but she she's just getting into the Marvel spectrum, so that's not saying a lot. I take her opinion with a grain of salt. But you know, well, my, many, many many people say Captain Marvel was like this great revelation. I, I'm guilty. Nine point eight, guilty. Yeah, I know. Well, just women in general. Like I haven't yeah. met um, my wife. Sarah, loved it. She really liked Captain Marvel. Sarah, who's a good friend of of ours from uh, Geeks Who Eat, said it, it was just amazing. I said, "What we, did we watch the same movie?" Like, I just I didn't understand it. So I'd love to see if this has the same um, the people that are actually like into Marvel movies love all of them. Like, I'd like to see what the female perspective of is this. There you go, Mike from Grizzle Trench says in the beginning. My wife loved it. So, but yeah, next yeah. week Loki, I guess, huh? Yep. 
But anything else you guys want to touch on, talk about um, for your first show? Not bad. Not bad job, guys. I'm, I'm good. It's our first show, man, and I loved it, man. This was great. If you haven't seen Sweet Tooth, go watch it. It was all right. I'll, I'll give it a 9.8. <laughs> all right. Well, I want to thank everyone but, for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, thank the chat for being interactive always. Thank you, Max Bender, Kyle, Stumbling Jedi, Grizzle Geek, Altered Reality, everyone who is in the chat. Corbin, can't forget good old Corbin. The future Mrs. Allward. Yes, my my future wife for stopping by and uh, shouting her affection for me out. That's that's great. Um, <laughs> but guys, this is the new the new Absugi podcast. It's only going to get better from here. Um, we got great shows in the pipeline. We're going to be it, it's going to be touch and go as we refine our format, find our new footing, and and hit that gas accelerator pedal and just go go go. But for this week's episode of the Absugi podcast, I'm Matt. I'm Lance. I'm Max. And we'll see you guys next week where we're going to review Loki, the series entire and in its entirety. So we'll see you next week. Same absolute geek time, same absolute geek channel. Thanks guys. Bye.